Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Greg Shepard. Greg, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Let's Ec- rock. Excellent. Let's 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 do this. Greg is the founder and CEO of Boss Capital Partners. He's a serial entrepreneur and angel investor. He is a Forbes author. Uh, I, I guess you're, you've got a book coming out soon, Greg. You just launched a podcast, and you are a speaker. I'm excited to have you on the show. Greg, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. I uh, My personal life is that I am a, uh, a I have dyslexia, and I have... Um, uh, autism and I am a visual processing disorder. And so I grew up, uh, strug- struggling in school a lot. So I had a, a lot of, a lot of difficulties in, in special education because they didn't have the programs they have now. Um, I also grew up with, uh, adopted and fostered children. So, you know, my siblings are different nationalities. Some are same mom, um, and dad, and some are uh, adopted. Um, and uh, I grew up without anything uh, and then made my way myself. And I'm pretty proud of all the, the shit I've overcome. So that's <laughs> it's kind of my personal situation. Nice. I, yeah, I mean, I spent um, a, about 25 years building businesses. So I've built 12 companies and sold all 12 of them. And then uh, in the process, I've won four private equity awards uh, for transactions between 250 and a billion. Um, I, uh, also, uh, have a, uh, a boss capital, which is a investment company, a syndicate, and we make investments into startup companies in the software space. Um, and then I've done a bunch of exits over there. Uh, just had one on in January for 48 million. Nice. Um, yeah. And so I got into politics for a little while. My passion is actually to try to help with wealth distribution. And so when I sort of, you know, quote, made it, I decided what I would do is try to help those that were less fortunate. And um, that led me down a path of politics and that didn't work out for me because uh, it's just such a mess. And so what I did instead was I decided, well, what if I just helped entrepreneurs succeed? Because I'm really good at that. Right. So. I have worked really hard on this thing called BOSS, which stands for the Business Operating Support System for about 25 years, uh, 1,200 interviews, and that's the Forbes uh, book that's being published. That's what that's about. And so I decided, what if I just gave this away, like open source software, and gave it to entrepreneurs to help more of them succeed? If more entrepreneurs succeeded, then I would be able to help with wealth distribution. And that's my focus now. Well, that's, I think that's awesome. Thank you. Okay, nice man. Well, from a background that you were, you were, uh, uh, the, the, I, it's going to sound bad. You were, you were, you were ahead of your time with dyslexia and autism and visual processing disorder, and the the schools did not have the resources to help you. So I'm sure that I mean that that must have been really challenging. And growing up with adopted and foster brothers and sisters, that must have been just a. a, a, a wonderfully unique and challenging circumstance as well. So, I mean, that's incredible. And all, all the work that you've done and selling companies and, and building them and, and, and that and winning awards. And now 
the passion to help people with wealth wealth distribution. So you're you've created this operating system. How long did it take you to to figure out the boss operating system to really distill it down? It was a process of the well when I was building my own businesses, I had uh, I'm really good at pattern recognition and and process recognition. So I spent uh, many years trying different operating systems. So things like Six Sigma and Lean and Agile and, you know, or all the different flavors of Agile Scrum and Kanban and et cetera. And then I also uh, looked into 4DX and OGSM and OKRs and just pretty much every one of these systems that are used. And I tested all of these systems for years and years. And then I started to create my own system. And then I, I just used my own system for, for, for uh, a long time after that. And then what happened, I mean, many, many years, I, I would say 15, 15 years, maybe 16 years. And then I started to wonder why so many entrepreneurs were failing. Like, what was the, why were they failing? I mean, the, the failure rate is just astronomical. And I was thinking that that shouldn't be the case. Like no other, no other ecosystem would accept a failure rate. That's that bad, right? 80, 90%. Yeah. So <clears throat> I wanted to find out why were they failing? And then when I figured out, um, I started to do that. I went into, I did like 1200 interviews. <clears throat> I interviewed like the Navy SEALs. I interviewed, uh, the first fighting wing of the air force, uh, police, uh, fire departments, just any, anybody with really high risk, uh, positions where you couldn't fail, where failure was just not an option. <laughs> and in the process of that, I determined that I was asking myself the wrong question. It wasn't the first question wasn't, why are they failing? The first question was, when, at what stage are they failing? Which made me create a, 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 a maturity model, a, a cycle of companies one through five, and then isolate why they were failing at these different stages. And then I was able to adjust boss to fit into and work with why these companies were failing at different stages to try to prevent that from happening. And... Was there, I assume that there are through lines on, on which, which stage that most companies were, were failing. Yeah. I mean, there's different points, right? So okay. obviously there are the group of companies that try to start without an accelerator. Um, the, the failure rate on those are higher. Um, and then those that go into an accelerator, if you start, I started really counting after the accelerator. And so that's the first point, right? There's a giant, giant cliff on the number of uh, businesses that go through an accelerator and then fail after they get out of the accelerator. And some of the reasons why I found are that the accelerators give them some, you know, because these people are coming, most of them coming from, or a lot of them anyway, coming from uh, a place where they don't understand business at all. The accelerators are taking somebody from, you know, zero to uh, one basically, right? Take him to the point where they can understand what a balance sheet is. They don't understand how to diagnose a, ba a balance sheet. Um, but they understand how to, what it, what it is and what a PL is and what a statement of cash flow is and, and what a financial model is. And they understand how to isolate their business down to and distill it into a deck so that they can raise capital. And it, it occurred to me that the majority of the job of the accelerators from the perspective of both the accelerator and from the perspective of the entrepreneurs is to get capital, right? So they basically work really hard to get it to the point that they could raise capital. 
that doesn't mean that they can run a business. Right. It just means that they got to the point that they can raise capital. And so from that point, I saw this huge drop off and I was like, okay, why is that happening? Well, it's because they don't have a operating system. They don't have something that helps, that keeps them in the rails, you know, a framework that like keeps them in the rails and ensures that they're going to be able to build the business and they know what the next step is and they know how to plan and they know how to war game something out. So if things don't go as uh, planned, which they don't usually how to handle that and so on and so forth. And then I wrapped that around it um, as, as a starting point. As, as you're describing that, um, all the accelerators that, that I'm sort of aware of, um, it does seem like they do exactly what you just described. They sort of get a company ready to go and pitch and teach them how to get out and raise money. But I, I guess I don't know well enough. I, I will absolutely take your word for it that they are just birthing these companies. Here, here Here's some money, but no operating system at all. And so they just don't have the fundamental skills, knowledge necessary to actually operate a business. Yeah. And you know, you, you, people can disagree with me that that's fine, but mm -hmm. the numbers are the numbers. Yeah. I mean, you can, you know, you can say that you're doing X, Y, and Z and you know, everybody's doing something for these entrepreneurs and they are, I'm not taking that away from them. I want to make that clear. They, they have a place. That's not the problem. They are not the problem. What happens after is the problem. They're doing their part. They're doing as much as they can do. But these entrepreneurs need more, right? They need more and there needs to be something after the accelerator. And so what I was trying to do is create boss as sort of like, imagine if you go to university and you get a bachelor's and then you go to get a master's and boss is like the master's, right? So mm -hmm. it helps you actually get out and, and, you know, with some legs under you. Um, and so in the process of doing that, you know, I discovered so much. I discovered so many things about, you know, these common mistakes that the entrepreneurs make. And, you know, one of the biggest ones, I, I would say this is probably the most fundamental one, is they don't start with the end in mind. Most of the time, if you ask them what their uh, exit strategy is, they, they can't tell you. They don't have an actual exit strategy. They can sit there and say, this is their Tam, Sam, Som and, you know, market and all this stuff, everything that the accelerators all teach all of them, right? That's standard stuff that they teach them. And they all can do that. But if you ask them, what is your exit strategy? They go, well, you know, it's too, or it's too early for me to have an exit strategy. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, and the investors will actually agree most of the time, <laughs> which blows my mind because I'm like, would you build a product without having a customer? I mean, nobody would do that, right? right? I mean, it's the most the stupidest thing, you know, build a product without a customer. Well, your whole business is only a product to the buyer of your company. That's what strategics are. They have the customers. They've already absorbed the customer acquisition cost. That's already happened. What they want to do is increase their lifetime value. So they do that by buying other products that match up with the customers they already have. So in essence, your business is just a product to your buyer to the buyer of your business, your acquirer. So if that's the case, why would you not start by thinking about who your customer is and who your buyer is to make sure that your customer and your buyer's customer are the same customer? So this is the most common problem because what happens is these people will raise capital, they'll go acquire a bunch of customers, and then they try to sell after that. Well, at that point, maybe you have 1,000 customers and the buyer of your company has 25,000 customers. First of all, you have to make sure that your ideal customer profile and theirs are the same. 
right? And you can't go backwards. You've already acquired a thousand customers, so you should have started with that, making sure that your ICP and their ICP are the same, you know, your ideal customer profile and theirs. That's the first thing, right? And second to that, they don't care about your thousand customers. They've got tens of thousands of customers most of the time. They're a big buyer, right? So the, the acquisitions that make the most money are the acquisitions that have to do with the synergy, right? Some strategic buys your, your customer, your, your uh, business because they want to sell your product to their customers. Like I said earlier that they've already made the investment in. So a lot of these businesses will go out and they'll raise capital and they'll listen to investors who most of the time are not operators, meaning they've never actually done this themselves. They sit in board decks, they stand on the outside, they don't actually know how to run a business from the inside. And then they give them advice. And then what happens is on the outset is the business now is going after growth and they're raising capital and they're going after growth, they're taking lots of dilution and then you go to sell it and the buyer's like, you know, that's great, uh, but I don't really care about your customers. I just wanna know, if, I don't wanna care how about how much revenue you're driving. What I really care about is will your customers buy, or will my customers, sorry, will my customers buy your product? And that is where you get the multiple. So in short, it's way less expensive and less dilution and way easier to increase the multiple than it is to increase the amount of revenue you have. So that's a very common mistake and it rolls all the way back to what I call the North Star, which is starting with the end in mind. And when you say that, it makes all the sense in the world. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, start with the end in mind. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, and I get into these sometimes if I'm on a panel or whatever, I'll get into this conversation and they'll say, oh, well, you need to grow the road, the top line growth because, you know, the, or the, or the EBITDA or whatever it is that they're buying on top or bottom. And they'll say, oh, you, you need to grow that because the multiple is on that. And I'm like, yeah, but it, it's way easier and less expensive to get a company to go to 5, 10, 11, 16, 20x multiple than it is to raise the revenue by that same amount. So I sold a company, this one in January I sold, had like 2.2 million in revenue and sold for 48 million 750. Now that's how you do a deal. Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. So <laughs> nice. I appreciate all that. So, all right. So, how how are you 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 mentioned that you were considering making this an open source kind of a thing so tell me how your your in in your mind's eye how are people going to interface with the boss operating system so you know there is a i've been teaching it for a long time and at the some of the universities and you know i've gotten to the point now where the universities are going to um, put together an academy, right, where entrepreneurs from the university accelerators can come in and go through the academy, you know, basically go through a class that teaches them what it is, how it works, um, some of the main drivers that, that are associated with it. Um, and I'm trying to create software that sort of walks people through it. So for those people that can't come to an academy, they can still benefit from it. Um, the right now, what I've been doing for the last you know, four years, five years is just doing podcasts and doing articles and videos and tons of content to try to teach as much as I can, uh, to these entrepreneurs before they, um, you know, before they hopefully before they, you know, fail. Um, and the feedback has been incredible. You know, people are just blown away. Even the, even the military, you know, I had a captain who was responsible for the most sophisticated warship in the Navy, 
come to me and say, if, if I had known about this, I would have made sure the whole fleet was using it, which was an incredible compliment. Yeah, no doubt about that. That's as good of a compliment as, as I imagine you could probably get. Do you think that, that entrepreneurship is overly romanticized? Uh, yes, <laughs> I absolutely do. I think that, I, I think that a lot of people think that, you know, it's sort of the, it, it's a lot harder. First of all, it's a hell of a lot harder than I think people, uh, people know. I mean, it is incredibly difficult and you have to have some grit and some tolerance for anxiety and, um, you know, things, you know, there's personal sacrifices and compromises that you have to make to, to be successful as an entrepreneur. Um, and failures, you have to be able to take failures and not see them as failures, but as little, uh, little stepping stones of success. Like they are, they're essential. Um, you know, the faster you fail, the faster you succeed. So I think that's critical. I think that, um, the, the word, you know, it used to be that you would tell somebody you're an entrepreneur, you know, I'm 51, right? So it used to be, I would tell somebody, oh, I'm an entrepreneur and it'd be sort of frowned upon like, oh right. yeah, you're self-employed. <laughs> you know, they used to, they used to call it self-employed, not entrepreneurship. And then it became, you know, all trendy because of all these, uh, you know, wealthy and ultra, ultra wealth, uh, net worth individuals are out there making tons of money and making news headlines. And now entrepreneurship is like a big deal. But I also think that it's a very positive thing because the United States produces entrepreneurs. I mean, you know, that that is our our, you know, contribution, which is a beautiful thing. Right. I mean, it's really amazing that the United States is known for being creative. So if you look at countries like China, uh, you don't see China as being creative. You see them as being a, a country that manufactures the things that are created by the United States and, and uh, you know, largely the United States and then some other countries uh, around the around the world. Um, that's changing recently because you start to see the the number of uh, of unicorns, you know, billion dollar uh, companies coming out of China. They're number two to the United States now. Um, but if you compare the United States to the rest of the world, it's you know, I mean, it, it, it's four times there's, you know, four or five times more entrepreneurs uh, you know, creating things in the United States and other than, than, than other countries. So it's, it's, you know, I'm proud that that's the case. I do think that the government needs to do a hell of a lot more to, uh, to endorse and assist this, this, this growing ecosystem that we have in the United States, because, you know, startups themselves have become, their own ecosystem. And now, now you have all these companies that are making things for people that are starting companies. So companies selling things to people that are starting companies. I mean, that's pretty amazing. It's become its entirely own ecosystem. Yeah. You know, so I do think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I do think that the, uh, the, uh, the idea of an entrepreneur is romanticized. Um, but, I don't think there's anything wrong with it because I think it attracts more people to want to become entrepreneurs. And these younger generations are super pumped up about being entrepreneurs because they're way more creative. They're le they're, there's less followers and more leaders, um, which is a, a, an interesting situation because normally in a business you have 
a visionary and you have an executor, you know, have somebody with the idea and somebody that actually does the work. It's, it's hard to find a combination of the one of them. Um, and lately we're producing people that are both visionaries and have been trained to know how to execute, you know, to actually implement something and have the discipline to do it. Nice. I love it. Well, Greg, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? I think kindness and I've, I've talked about this a lot um, with a lot of people. I think that if you think about kindness and you think about uh, the idea of am I being kind right now, you know, is what I'm doing being kind to the people that work with me, uh, the people around me and the people that I don't even associate myself with. If you are being kind and you're being loving, if you're being kind, you're being generous. If you're being kind, you know, it, it, it goes on, right? Basically everything. So I think the cornerstone of uh, success is being kind first because kindness is repaid. Most of the time, if you're kind to somebody, they'll return that. It's it's not as often as I think the media portray, portrays that people are um, kind and then the other person takes advantage of them. Um, it is okay to uh, keep your, you know, your alerts wide awake and be kind to somebody. And, you know, I think you'll be, you'll be uh, rewarded for that. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Greg, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, GregorySheppard.com. So G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-S-H-E-P-A-R-D. That's the website. And if entrepreneurs want to submit a deal, that's where I look at all the deals that come in. You know, if you've got an idea and you want to get funded, that's where they go. There's also everything on Boss there. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of stuff. And George, I really, really appreciate you having me on your podcast. It's It means a great deal to me. I'm, I'm humbled. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Greg your appreciation. Share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to GregorySheppard.com. It's G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-S-H-E-P-A-R-D.com. Check out all the great resources. Check out all the great resources on the Boss Operating System. If you've got a business that you've been working on, you could submit it for potential funding there as well. Thank you again, Greg. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.